Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Stacy, coming out of the pandemic and right into a cross-country move, I decided that it was time for a new vitamin routine for my kids. We have so much going on. I don't want to stress about whether they're getting everything they need. I just want to know that they are. I get it. With the boys, we have been through so many different vitamin phases. In fact, we stopped taking vitamins right before lockdown. Since I was cooking every single meal, I figured that I could ensure the boys were getting everything they needed. But things have changed around here, too. Wait, tell me more about that. Okay, so listen, everyone who knows us knows that we prioritize food joy. And this year has emphasized that even more. I want the boys to have food autonomy, and that means letting go. Not my strength, (laughs) but I want (laughs) to let go while knowing that they are getting what they need nutritionally. And not giving them a vitamin dressed up as candy. There you go. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) As I was researching vitamins, I couldn't believe how much sugar some of them have. Which is why we're both so excited about our new sponsor, Haya. It's the perfect timing in both of our homes for a zero sugar vitamin. Whoop. The other interesting thing I learned while researching is that most vitamins were formulated to fill the nutritional gaps in kids' diet based on out-of-date nutritional guidelines from the 1980s. That was even longer ago for you than for me. <laughs> it is based on a modern kid's diet. Their vitamins are made with a blend of 12 farm-fresh fruits and vegetables, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to help support a healthy immune system, energy levels, brain function, mood, need that, teeth, bones, and more. Also, zero sugar and still tasty. But honestly, the best part of Hyatt is the convenience. Your vitamins come straight to your door with a pediatrician-recommended schedule. The first month comes with a reusable glass bottle that your kids can personalize with stickers. Then every month thereafter, Hyatt sends a no-plastic refill pouch of fresh vitamins. Good for the planet, no sugar, non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. I'm sold. More importantly, our kids are sold, too. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Didn't I Just Feed You listeners receive 50% off their first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y or enter the code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout. 
That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y and get your kids the full body nourishment that they need to grow into healthy adults. Full discount applied at checkout. One of the things that people are nervous about with fish in a grill is things being flaky and falling through. But you can put a cast iron pan on the grill and still get some of that wood-fired flavor and the experience of grilling, and you can do it in the pan. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Hey guys, before we get into today's very fun episode, don't forget to subscribe right where you're listening right now. And if you have an extra minute, maybe even just 30 seconds, it really doesn't take long. We would love for you to rate and review. Those ratings help other busy parents and busy home cooks discover us. And that's what we want, global domination. (laughs) Uh, I don't disagree. I'm going to roll with that. I feel like that kind of power might go to our heads, though, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, someone keep us humble. Yes, keep us on that's... listeners. Day one listeners, keep us real. Speaking of day one listeners, yeah. I feel like a lot of people will remember that we've talked about grilling before. We have a whole, like, just basics grilling episode, which I think is from 2019. And in 2020, we also talked about grilling chicken specifically, which, of course, we have the the chicken queen, the chicken lady here to walk us through all of that. <sighs> the glamorous life. Don't the be jealous, glamorous. people. Don't be jealous that I get to be the chicken queen. Um, So we will link to both of those episodes in the show notes, or of course, you can find them wherever you listen and subscribe. But today we're really trying to like get down to brass tacks with some experts to get your most burning grilling questions (laughs) answered with my friends, the Grill Dads. Can I tell you a story I was too embarrassed to tell Mark and Faye? Yes, I love it. They're going to listen to this, right? And then they'll get to hear it. Yeah, I was like, ooh, they'll just give me such a hard time about it. (laughs) We talked about this, like, what's the best way to clean your grill with Mark and Faye? But what happened to me recently is that I started with a, like, somewhat dirty grill, and I was trying to, like, cook too many things at one time and be, like, in and out of the house. And my – because my grill was dirty, it did catch fire and burned (laughs) three whole chickens (laughs) They must and have seen this on Instagram. Ribs. You very proudly showed us. <laughs> yes. It was so many people were like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for you." And like, it was so bad that it couldn't not be funny. Does that make sense? Like, it is the kind yes, of disaster totally. where you're like, "All I can do is laugh and order pizza" because it is so so bad. Even Brian was like, "Can we just scrape off the burn bits?" I was like. Dude, it's it's all incinerated. There is no like burned bits to separate from cooked bits. It was so bad. <laughs> so even all which is all to say like I am a very confident griller. I love grilling. I am like a grilling evangelist. I think more people should do it and I think there's a lot of ways to do it. That's not intimidating or hard like you can be it can be as simple as like a small charcoal grill or like a a mid-range gas grill and you can be like having more fun cooking hanging outside with your family but the whole point is I still make mistakes like it it's part of cooking it's a huge part of grilling it's like sometimes you're gonna burn but we're here to help you maybe not 
burn it as badly, especially if you have company over. At least it was just my family when I burned all that dinner. I was wondering why you were cooking three chickens at once. Because actually they were left over from shooting with the grill dads. And we oh, had a weekend where it. we had – so I was like, well, I have to cook them now or they're going to start to go bad. And we had a bunch of family coming into town the weekend. Like in the – I think it was the middle of the week that I was doing it. And I was like, well, if I just like – Cook them all. It was so hot. I didn't want to turn on the oven. And I was like, if I just cook all the chickens, then I can make like chicken salad. You know, I'll have all these leftovers. We really only needed one for that night. But my You're ambition, like, if I cook all the chickens, I can burn all the chickens too. <laughs> I was going to say, my ambition to get ahead is the thing that burned me. But we're just going to keep so making that joke. Way. Except barely. We just keep using the word burn. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. This is why no one's giving us the show, The Girl Moms, um, which is great because we are joined today (laughs) by my my friends, The Girl Dads, who are Mark Anderson and Ryan Faye, also known as Mark and Faye. They've been best friends for more than 20 years, and they worked side by side in their day jobs as advertising executives when they started cooking together, hosting parties and restaurant pop-ups. Later on, they joined Food Network's Guy's Big Project, a competition series created and hosted by Guy Fieri, and they were named one of two winners to launch their own Food Network series. Leaning into their roles as fathers to young children, Mark and Faye became known as the Grill Dads. Welcome to the show, Mark and Faye. All right, guys, I have the biggest, (laughs) baddest, most burning question of all. Why should we grill? Like, why should we do it at all? Why is the grill better than my stove? I love my stove. Mark, you want to answer it first? You want me to? Faye hasn't had enough coffee, so I'm going (laughs) to go ahead and jump in. That's like, what's the meaning of the universe? That's like asking what the meaning of the universe is. A very light, easy question to start. Big right out the gate. Why should we grill? Go, Mark. I mean, it's primal, you know, it's, it's visceral, it's primal, you know, it's, it's everything from lighting the fire to trying to figure out like how you're going to build the charcoal and what side you're going to put it on. And are you going to, you know, there, there's so much strategy and creative behind creating the environment to cook food besides just turning a burner on or turning an oven on to a certain temperature. And it just feels good to be outside. You know, it's it's uh, all of those things are for us super rewarding, but it really is the creativity involved in what grill am I going to use? How am I going to set it up and then getting to do those things? And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but since I was a young boy, just lighting a match and starting a fire has just been <laughs> such a rewarding thing. <laughs> so I have, I have a little different take than Mark. I mean, I agree with everything. Weirdly enough, I agree with everything Mark just said, but. I, I think it's actually the flavor that is the main reason that I think everyone should use a grill because you just can't get the same flavor profile in an oven. God bless those ovens. But in a grill, you just have so much different, uh, so many more you know different ways of, of making food and taking in smoke and a different type of heat. And I just, I just think the flavor profile is better. Yeah. I, for me, it's funny. I, when I growing up and Faye kind of knew me a little bit in the beginning of this phase, but um, <laughs> my mom had a issue, and she doesn't know what a podcast is, so I can talk badly about her. Um, 
so with impunity, uh, with impunity, go go. Yeah, my, my mom was my mom is a great cook. She's a recipe follower. There's no creativity involved, but she's a great executor with the stuff. But for some reason, vegetables, especially broccoli and cauliflower, would just get steamed for f-ing days, and the whole house would have that like feet. rot rotten egg salad foot broccoli yeah, smell feet and um so i i thought i hated vegetables and then i remember <laughs> in college i went over to someone's house and they're like oh we just got all these beautiful vegetables that we're gonna throw on the grill and i was like cool i'll order a pizza when i get home and <laughs> i just sat at the grill and ate every single vegetables that came off of it and it, it really was like you know everything was it was perfectly cooked but again it was like that char roasted beautiful mm. flavor you get from it mm-hmm. so I do, you know, Faye's got a good point, which is surprising based on how much coffee he's had. <laughs> or how little coffee he's had. Oh, yeah, I always like to add that I think a lot of people are intimidated by grilling, but once you learn like some foundation fundamentals, it can actually be a lot quicker and less cleanup than turning on your stove and doing something like even doing a sheet pan or one pot meal. It's like way easier on the grill, which is a, an important entry point for our listeners who are mostly busy parents and they're like, oh, I don't want to worry about how do I build the charcoal. Um, But I also think there's something funny there where it's like, maybe if you have a kid who's interested in fire, it's the place to get them involved rather than in the kitchen. It's like, let's learn about grilling this summer so you don't burn the house down. Yeah, or go to the principal's office because some weird thing happened in the physics lab. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like you're sharing that from experience (laughs) somewhere. You know, he wasn't. He was never in physics, so don't even but, like. No. So the the cleanup thing, Megan, is actually huge. I mean, so if you cook a steak inside, and say it's you know a fatty cut like a ribeye, and you want to sear that thing on your stove, there's going to be fat grease everywhere. Everywhere. And then, everywhere. But if you do it on a grill, it's staying inside the grill. And then what do you? What I do all the time, especially if you know we do use a gas grill or a pellet grill or. You know, even I guess with the charcoal, we'll just open it up and get super hot. But I'll just, I'll go inside to eat. I'll set my timer for 45 minutes. Whatever grill I use, I cranked up. And then after done with the dishes, go turn it, just turn it off. Yeah. And it's clean. No pans, no spatter, no nothing. Now, can we talk about this? Because I'm of the mind that a lot of people clean their grills actually too much. Like they're trying to use a grill brush right after they've finished cooking and they're like struggle bussing through it. So could you walk us through, like you're saying, you just let everything kind of burn off and then it clean. It's sort of like self-cleaning, right? So is there like a proper routine for cleaning and maintaining your grill? I mean, it's funny because I always joked that, you know, in upstate New York where I grew up, cast iron pans were considered dirty and the same pan in the South was considered well-seasoned. Yes. And so there is kind of that mix for grills and grill grates. Um, But the problem is, you know, too much smoke can really get sort of acrid and start to give off. I mean, it's probably, Faye and I refer to it as ashtray flavor, but you know, in, in grills, a lot of times if you have grease buildup and you have other things going on, those things will slow burn and give you what we call dirty smoke. And um, so we always want super clean grills, clean grates and a clean burning fire. And that's going to give you the most pure taste without it tasting like an ashtray. Yeah. And that's the indication for when you clean the grill. Right. So you look at the smoke and if you see the smoke, it's just pouring out, you know, this kind of white, crazy smoke that's just burning and burning. It means your girl's dirty. Second, it's it's clean and you can you don't see the smoke. You're just getting this great radiant heat. 
um, you know, coming out of there. That's that, you know, your girl's clean. I mean, the other thing is, is like just from a health maintenance, don't kill yourself standpoint, a clean grill's much easier to navigate than a dirty grill. And so, but we also, to your point, Megan, I just want to say that people definitely overclean their grills if they don't know how to grill. Yeah. If I see a meticulously, completely clean grill, it means you're not using it very often. Because, like, Mark and I clean ours all the time, but they're used, like, for a reason. They're seasoned, you know? Yeah, and you're probably only doing maintenance clean things like taking out that grease tray that's in a lot of gas grills and, like, relining it with foil. Vacuuming Um, out the ashes. Yeah, like, you're probably only doing that once a month, even if you're using it very regularly. But you're not, like, cleaning it from top to bottom every time you use it, other than making sure that the grates are clean and you don't have like a bunch of grease buildup right. in, in right. the bottom of it, right? And that is super important in pellet grills, by the way. Yep. Is it? Pellet grills yep. are really unsafe if you're not uh, meticulous about cleaning them. There's 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 two there's two opportunities for fires in there. Number one is the grease trap and number two is ash buildup. Yep. So the the you know, with, with our pellet grill stuff, every every time we use a full bag of pellets, we take the thing apart vacuum out all the all the ash and um change the grease tray because that's yeah. that's no fun no cool but that's also like good guideline where it doesn't feel crazy like you can clean it like you don't have to clean it meticulously like everyone no. thinks you do yeah no absolutely not yeah you're totally right i want to go back to vegetables mark you were talking about the vegetables that you devoured because this was one of the burning questions we got from one of our listeners how to cook vegetables on the grill so that they taste absolutely delicious. Are we marinating? Are we basting them? Are we dousing them with butter afterwards? All of the above. Talk to us. So, you know, Faye and I always say, if you can't make something great with just salt and pepper, you either have ingredients or don't know how to cook, right? So... (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. So to us, like, if you buy great vegetables, like, don't go overboard with rubs and marinades and all this stuff just rub a little bit of olive oil on the grates of the grill and do salt and pepper on some sliced eggplant, some sliced zucchini, um, and then just see what you feel like is missing. But, um, I mean, Faye and I, like, we'll get the the big green egg up to 450, 500 degrees, and we'll put a whole head of cauliflower in there with just um, salt, pepper, olive oil, and then finish with some chive oil. And it's, like, one of the best things in the world just mm. because it's yeah. good cauliflower. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And, and the other thing is that you can experiment with vegetables in a way you can't with meat. When I say that is that typically you're not making one carrot. Right. right? So you can do different methods, and you can kind of mess around a little bit and not lose your entire meal. So, I mean, there's a beauty in, like, experimenting and failing over charring and burnt, like, figuring all that out. I mean, also, you can also, like, char things to a point where then you make an oil out of it. To Mark's point, it's like scallion, charred scallions or, or, or chives, char the hell out of them. And you just made this really cool dust that can go on that gives you a really neat flavor profile. Yeah. I mean, all sorts of all sorts of things you can do. But, like, what we Mark and I love to do this. We walk into any grocery store, and, and a lot of times, as you'll see in the videos, Mark handles the big pieces of protein. I actually do a lot of the vegetables, and it's just because Mark has likes to handle the meat, and that's a whole nother episode <laughs> that we can talk Does he about. Have a t-shirt that says that. I feel like he needs a T-shirt that says that. It, he, we're making it. Mark <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, I'm ordering it right now. I'm gonna mute for yeah. a second. <laughs> So, but I mean, think, think just very, very simple things like changing again, a grill changes the flavor profile very differently than an oven. So if Mark and I want to put, 
you know, whether even fruit, like put tomatoes in and blister tomatoes with onions, olive oil, maybe some garlic cloves, throw them in there in a cast iron with some olive oil, shake it up, blister the tomatoes. Next thing you know, you've got, you either have a puree you can make, you have toppings for a pizza, you're going to now use that as part of a a jam that you're going to make with a steak. I mean, vegetables are radical for grills. In fact, we, we absolutely pride ourselves on going to like the today show and making vegetables and then they're just like whoa 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 we've never had grilled cabbage with like a sumac yogurt sauce you know and and it's just like yeah it's literally cabbage yeah yeah (laughs) one of my my favorite things to do now which if you knew the 15 year old me you'd be blown away is you know we'll just grab a whole bunch of vegetables everything that looks good in the store And then we'll make some romesco and then we'll take a huge butcher block and just spread romesco on the bottom and just pull vegetables off the grill and shove them in the romesco sauce and put them out. And I mean, they disappear in seconds. Honestly, people eat more of that and they have maybe a single bite of steak when we, when we bring that out. But they're, it's a beautiful experiment. In fact, I think that's the entry drug for grilling. Megan, I think you need to do this with ranch. Yes, I'm like, well, I'll just spread ranch all over a huge platter like, and just put grilled vegetables all over it. That sounds amazing, actually. That does sound but great. You guys are hitting on two really, two things that are like actually really important to our listeners. One, this idea of like, how do I get my family to enjoy vegetables and eat more vegetables? And to your point, like most people are grilling in the spring and summer and that's like prime produce time. So it's less expensive. Yep to load your grill up with beautiful vegetables, even from the farmer's market, than it is to like buy chickens and then not know how they're going to turn out. Um, But also our listeners really love sauces. Like we talk about sauces all the time. And I just love the idea of like, you can cook something super simply on the grill and you can make a grill-based sauce or you can take your favorite sauce like ranch and use that (laughs) as like Mm -hmm. (laughs) the finishing element for those grilled veggies. And probably ranch for a lot of families is the sauce they're most likely to grab anyways. Yes, yeah, sauces, it's a vegetable dips, ketchup. butters. It's delicious. Yeah, Mark, you guys did you just say it's vegetable right. ketchup? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I That's love going that. on a t-shirt too. As an well, out-crowd <laughs> ranch lover, I would that. Yeah. Here's what we do. We do flights of sauces with vegetables with at my house with Zoe. Yes. So like We'll have five different sauces that we make up. You know, one's mustard-based, one's vinegar-based, one's cream-based, one's, you know, a tomato-based, you know, thing. And ranch is in there, obviously. But, like, what's cool is you have a dozen heirloom carrots and you now have a flight. And it's really fun because you're making the same (laughs) – it's the same carrots with salt, pepper, olive oil. That's it. And then you make sauces. So I think it's a really good idea and it's a great way to experiment and have fun with the family. They'll make their own sauce. Make your own sauce for dinner. Yeah. And then we're all, we're all eating carrots. Genius. I'm also like, is this an entertaining hack for this summer? Like as more people are having people over in their backyards, like everyone bring their yes. favorite sauce and we'll yes. just like make all these vegetables and grilled bread and go to town. Most vegetables and proteins are just like a reason to make sauce. It's like, how am I going to get this sauce in without just drinking it and having people think I'm a nut job? <laughs> At least you drink it. I like to use my fingers, which is really like awesome. And especially this year, after this year, Ugh. people are super into it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that anymore, Billis. <laughs> no, I've actually. Yeah, yeah, this Ugh. is a big year for uh, finger double yeah. dipping. <laughs> I, think, I think those days are over. 
there's no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. This beautiful quote by writer Jill Churchill captures the spirit of a new book that Megan and I have absolutely fallen in love with. Creatrix, wisdom, insights, and principles shared by the mothers of success stories in sports, business, and culture is a collection of stories shared by the mothers of world-renowned CEOs, entertainers, professional athletes, and others who have come from a diverse range of countries, cultures, and creeds. At their core, the stories in Creatrix explore the age-old question, nature or nurture? And while we already know that it's the interplay of both, Insights from these stories reveal the profound role that motherhood plays in how nature and nurture come together. This book is a must-read for all moms. It's a full-on celebration of how mothers from all over the world and all walks of life can parent differently, yet still manage to tap into patterns of instinctual advice that nurtured the best in all of us. Reading it is empowering and heartwarming, reassuring and inspirational. Plus, a portion of the book's proceeds are being donated to three organizations that support families— Good Plus Foundation, Believe in Achieve Foundation, and So Good Now. We can truly think of no better gift for all the moms in your life, including you. Learn more about these organizations and order your copy of Creatrix by visiting didn'tdigestfeedyou.com or shop for the book directly on Amazon. Megan, it's no secret that I'm a maximalist who loves luxe clothing and home goods. Mm-hmm. It's also no secret that I'm a minimalist who also loves investing in a handful of small luxe things that will last and service for a long time, especially for my home. And we both love a good deal, which is why we've both become obsessed with Quince, a one-stop shop for curated luxury goods shipped direct from the world's best specialty factories. Quince partners with factories that produce well-known luxury brands and that demonstrate a commitment to high production standards, fair wages, safety, and sustainability. They also focus on essential products with low design costs. Think cashmere cruise, super soft fleece pants, and the down comforters and hotel quality sheets that I'm stocking up on for the new house. Yay, new house! I'm so into those cashmere cruise, though, because back to some clothing. (laughs) And they are only $50. I've also stocked up on even more affordable and chic linen shorts, silk camis, and washable silk PJs for the summer. And all of it ships direct from factories straight to us. No middle person and no upcharge. Altogether, that's how Quince is able to keep prices up to 50 to 80% lower than other brands. Real simple, in style, fast company, Refinery29, and Fortune all agree with us. Quince is a game changer. And if you give them a try and disagree, Quince will give you a full refund. So treat yourself today. Get free shipping and 365-day free returns at onequince.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y. That's O-N-E-Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash, and this is all lowercase, D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Okay, from vegetables to fish. That's the yeah. other one that people, people are really, really want to know. What are, what's the burning fish question? Just how to do it. Literally, Literally we that. Got, like, yeah, how do I grill fish? Several questions. Several people were like, how do I grill fish? That's the question. 
So I think you could talk about like the most common things that we see people wanting to grill are shrimp and usually just like store-bought, you know, medium-sized shrimp and then salmon, either fillets or whole sides. Although I do also think that people are wondering like if you get just the fish that you would grab to like pan fry or broil even, right? And then you're like, oh, wait, I want to grill this. But people are like, oh, it's flaky. Is it going to fall through the grates? Do I need to do it on a tray? Like if you just have fish in your fridge and you decide you want to grill, like what are the things that you need to consider? First thing I want to throw out there is have great uh, carbon steel or cast iron pans. Because like the one of the things that people are nervous about with fish in a grill is things being flaky and falling through. But you can put a cast iron pan on the grill and still get some of that wood-fired flavor and the experience of grilling, and you can do it in the pan. So if we're doing something like, you know, like a just the generic white fish that you get at Kroger and Topeka that you're not even really sure what it is, like <laughs> that's something that we're going to do probably in a carbon steel pan on the grill. Um, if we want to get on the grates and get some more of that like actual fire char, uh, we're probably going to do... In the whitefish world, halibut is great um, for stuff. But I mean, you know, there's there's a few keys. I mean, for sh- shrimp is where you should start because it's hard to screw up. Um, you've got one thing to figure out. Is the shrimp going to fall into the fire? And if not, you're probably going to be okay. And there's two ways you can do that. You can get a grill pan or a grill basket. Or you can put things on skewers. If they're wood skewers, you're going to want to go ahead and soak those in water for a few hours beforehand so they don't just uh, light on fire and then have your shrimp fall in. But it's super easy. And again, you know, olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic is really great place to start with all of the fish. And just don't move on to putting lots of sauces and doing other things on it until you've got the technique down and then and then play with the flavor profile. But I I think shrimp is the best place to start. Salmon for me is an interesting one because raw salmon is my favorite protein in the world and my least favorite protein in the world is cooked salmon. It drastically changes the flavor profile. Where I've landed on making salmon that's cooked that I actually love, I mean, first of all, it's key to hit that temperature. You gotta hit, for me, like a medium cooked salmon that's cooked all the way through. I'd literally rather not eat, um, just skip dinner. but. You know, we do, which is do, incredible that Mark just said that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, especially since before you guys hit record, you called us fat deals. So, <laughs> um, you know, for, for salmon, um, for it, of all of the fishes you're going to get, that's the one that's most important to focus on getting the right salmon from the right place. And it's, it's going to change, but you know, sockeye salmon is amazing, but it's going to be a slightly different season than Copper River. You know, king salmon is great. I mean, and then there's the whole farm. I mean, you could you could have a I, I could have a three hour podcast just on like the lack of salmon ladders in the state of Idaho because of the dams. I mean, I just love talking about salmon. But from from a grilling standpoint, what I've found is the best simple way to do it is two hours before you're going to cook, uh, cover the fish in salt and sugar. And then let it sit in the fridge. Covered or uncovered? Uncovered. So let it draw some of the moisture out and evaporate a little bit. It's going to, you know, form a little bit of a pellicle and firm up the outside so it can, so the flavor can stick to the salmon, which is a problem with salmon. You you love saying pellicle, by the way. That's like your favorite. And every time I say it, Faye has to look it up. Because salmon is, you know, for me, it's like a flavor deflector, you know. So so building that that sticky outside so you can get some of that wood fire smoke. To, to stick is great. Also, too, it allows the seasoning to get all the way through the fish. 
And then I do alder plank. Uh, alder plank is it's mild. It doesn't you know cedar. I think is a little bit too intense. All you taste is the cedar and not the fish. So you soak the plank for a while. Go right over the fire. Let the plank start to even char a little bit on the edges. Throw the salmon on and then get it off of there at 115 degrees because it is, especially if you're leaving it on the plank, it's going to keep cooking and cooking and cooking and then finish with a little bit of butter, salt and pepper. And it's just super simple, super incredible. And then once you've got that technique down, then you can start to say, hey, I'm going to do like a orange maple glaze or I'm going to do this sort of stuff. But nail the technique before you get into the other the other parts like limit the amount of variables until you've got the basics nailed part of what i'm taking from what you're saying about grilling fish in general is also this really great permission slip to not just use your grill and the grill grates directly like grab a pan to cook things use a grill basket to grill your shrimp or i love to use a cooling rack like because Mm -hmm. i already have it and i don't have to go out and buy it and set it directly on the grill to preheat um and then planks one of the questions that came up from our listeners was this idea of like how do i make sure if i'm grilling multiple things like i'm gonna cook chicken pieces and veggies and i also like want to grill bread like how how do you make sure that everything is done at the same time? Is there a hierarchy to how things should go on the grill? <laughs> Here's what's great about grills, especially, I mean, even if you have just like a regular four burner propane, use one side for grill and the other side to hold. And so like, in other words, turn it off. And so you, we, <laughs> we always say our, we love our ovens for Thanksgiving because it's the best place to hold our food. Like not, not cook <laughs> yeah, it, but you're like grilling everything. Totally. Yeah. So warm it up, and then just but just to warm it. Yeah. Just to keep yeah. it warm, you know, keep it warm. I mean, I think you can really get away with that. And remember there are certain, certain things like, for example, carrots may take big, thick carrots may take a while, but if you keep them warm, they hold, they hold themselves. The other thing is, is you almost like you can re put those back on the fire after even they've been sitting out for a while and they will crisp up immediately. Because, uh, you know, especially if you use like a honey drizzle or something like that. But like, I think you just kind of have to know the timing of the protein, like how long things take. And that's just practice. Honestly, it just takes time. Like, yeah. for example, you know that if you're going to make a big, thick steak, you want it to set out. First of all, you take it out of the fridge and it's out of the fridge for at least an hour, if not two room temperature sitting on the counter. Then you, 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 you cook the thing. And then, you know, a lot of times what we do, we let it rest for 45 minutes. So now you got 45 minutes to make other stuff between you shouldn't even cut the steak until then. And so I think there, the, the cadence or the timing, the other thing is you got to find yourself a mark. Cause once you have a mark like Mark Anderson, then you can tell him what to do. <laughs> right. I was so like, you a can, mark on my grill hey, or a no, person who no, does you, things everyone for me. Everyone needs a mark. Which everyone needs is a mark. It? By the way, like the two-zone cooking that Faye said, that's huge. Give yourself an area to slow your roll if you need mm-hmm. to, if something's going too fast. <laughs> but the, the reverse sear for the protein is king. Yep. Because if you low and slow, like a, say you have like a double-cut porterhouse, right? And you smoke that thing at 225 degrees until it hits like 122 internal. You can pull it off and put it on a drying rack or a cooling rack on a sheet tray and just let it sit there for an hour. Yep. And then cook all the vegetables, do everything else, and then crank the grill up to 550 degrees and sear it for two minutes aside and slice it and serve it. Ooh, um, nice. So the reverse sear gives you lots of lots of work. That And people do that with turkeys now as well. They'll cook it to 155, 158 degrees, take it out, let it come up, and sit on the counter for an hour, hour and a half, and then crank the oven up and just crisp the skin, and it's great. 
the reverse sear is, is a huge tool for getting that done. Yeah. I'm all over that. I want to try that now. I need to go. <laughs> I need to go try that. <laughs> yeah, Jet Tila's um, prime rib roast, Christmas roast recipe is like that. He lets it re- rest for almost two hours between the yeah. low and slow and the sear. I do something similar with a beef tenderloin for Christmas, but I don't let it rest in between. I just do it real low for a long time. And then I do sear it at the end, but I, I want that resting time. Yeah. In between too. Yeah, the resting time also helps with coast to coast pink, which yeah. is huge because you know, you want like you've even if you're low and slow, you're at 225 degrees in the oven and t- a steak that's 225 degrees is what way beyond well done, right? So the resting also allows any sort of built up heat in the very outside of the meat yeah. that was exposed to the 225 yeah. degrees to it, it develops an equilibrium if you will. And allows you to let that heat slowly get to the inside without overdoing it. And then the cool thing is if you rest it before you sear it, then you don't need to rest it again before you slice it. You can take it right out of the hot oven and the, the juices have already sort of redistributed and you can just go. Yeah, and then and then one other thing that's cool too is if for anyone that's interested in sous vide is if you're having a party, you do a bunch of protein sous vide, you finish it on the grill two minutes aside and it's done. So you can hold it pretty much until you want to cook it. So that's another thing that we found is like, you know, if we have a bunch of people coming over, you know, we will hold a bunch of, you know, whether they're ribeyes or some pork tenderloin or whatever in a, a sous vide. And when anybody hungry, all right, cool. And you throw it on the grill that's just to so finish it. so smart. I'm going to tell my husband because he's really, he's actually the griller in our house. He And he got really into sous vide over quarantine. That's how we use it, actually. We we only use it with a grill. Yeah, he'll he'll love that flavor wise and technique wise but also like everything needs to just be easy or he gets super stressed out (laughs) that sounds easy that sounds really easy like just have it there like sit it and then just sear it up right before that's beautiful okay I want to ask a a somewhat controversial question I can't believe I'm asking the grill dads this Um, but also sort of relates to Mike and his grilling endeavors like you know Stacy is based in New York a lot of people cannot have grills it's sort of like a luxury that Stacy's house has one so a lot of people want to use indoor grills whether it's like a grill pan or a countertop grill do you think that indoor grills count as grilling and why or why not well I mean you grill with what you got right so I mean like it, you look for opportunities to get those high heat the sear the flavors you know you can even you can even do fun stuff with you know, if you have like a like a half uh, hotel pan um, and go out and get yourself some some smoking chips um, and cover it with a cookie tray and make smoked salmon like right on the stovetop. So it requires a little more creativity and it's a little messy, but I still think, you know, you don't quite get the full grilling experience, but I think you can get food that, f- you know, feels and tastes grilled from inside. Yeah, and I, and I think it's an entry point. It's almost like it's the aspirational point. People that buy indoor grills already understand that they want a different flavor from what they're getting from their kitchen, right, from their oven. So I think it's a great – like I actually think there's a step up. It's almost like here's your training wheels, right? Let's get this dialed in. And you know, There's a lot of cool companies that make a lot of cool stuff. But we have, you have an oven. Dial that in first, I think, in, in my opinion. 
But if you're in New York, like I, Mark and I both have lived in New York for, for years, and you're right, you can't really have, you're not allowed to have a charcoal grill, you know, a big propane grill is just hard to get up there, and it's kind of dangerous, right? All that, if it's on a, a balcony with cable lines, and they, I, we've even seen like griddle plates, like there are inserts for, you know, your stove, and I mean, look, a lot of times we don't even like to get lines because it means you haven't, <laughs> Mark, do you want to, do you want to mention, like Mark says this all the time, like, Grill we, marks are for gr- posers. Grill marks ah! are for posers. <laughs> Love that. I was gonna let you say it because I was. If I said it, you'd be like, "You stole it again." So I let Mark say that. But like, <laughs> but I think it's it's interesting. A lot of those, um, I would say, indoor grills are giving you the illusion that you're grilling because of the marks, right? So what we think about grill marks is it means you haven't actually got gotten the flavor fully across the protein because you're only getting those where the lines are, um, which is kind of. <laughs> our rally cries to to kind of not look for that as the cross stitch you know way of doing things just cook the damn steak you know and indoor electric smokeless grills are a made-up thing that you should avoid right. at all costs i agree okay. yeah just get yourself some really good really good cast iron yeah really good I, carbon that's steel, what i said you know? even a griddle yeah exactly just get something like that it's, it's okay, marks, now I, wait megan i want to jump in and just say grill marks are another food media lie. Like I've worked yes. on magazines yeah. on set where you're actually like trying to enhance those grill marks. Which is, to, which if yeah, you really yeah. knew, it's taking away from even cooking. It makes zero sense. Yeah. We always say grill marks are for posers and Ponderosa commercials. You know, it's <laughs> yes, like. Totally. Because again, like Faye already said it, but everywhere that's not a grill mark isn't seared and searing right. is flavor. Yeah, that's right. Wait, I just have to ask, Megan. Do you know what Ponderosa is? Yeah, isn't it like a, a well TV show? But then there's also a line of steakhouses, aren't there? Yeah, it's yes. like the there Sizzler, were. but okay. cooler. I didn't yeah. know if that was. Yeah. I feel like I'm old. Uh, so are you I wasn't calling sure. me young, right? Yeah, now? I am. I am. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that was exactly my question, and it's so fascinating to me because, for those who don't know, Mark and Faye worked in marketing for a long time before they started the Grilled Ads. And so, like, what what is it that we're trying to sell when we're saying, like, we want grill marks on things? People are obsessed with it. It's, like, one of the top SEO things for chicken and steak, um, how to cook them so that they grill, get grill marks that people search for on Kitchen. You know this better than anybody. It's food styling. Like yeah. it's not it's not about flavor and and it's not about like that's the correct way of doing it. it's food styling. You don't go to a really good steakhouse that's finished in a salamander at you know eight eight hundred degrees reverse seared and get grill marks. It's like it's the best steaks in the world. So uh, again, it's nineteen seventies food styling. It's like welcome to Ponderosa, right? And it's like the you know you've got the grill marks and the whole thing, and it's just I think it was repetition. Someone came up with the idea of like how do we differentiate the exact same piece of meat from that restaurant. And by the way, that bull is why you'll never see Faye and I in a steak grilling competition or a barbecue competition. Exactly. Because there's some preconceived notion that someone has put into a Microsoft Word document with a list of rules. And it has nothing to do with creativity. It has nothing to do with how you do it. I mean, we have a good friend and I who does barbecue competition. And I said to her, I said, would you make, is that the same recipe you make at home? Uh, for your friends and family. She said, no. And I said, if you went to a restaurant, is that the type of food you would want? She said, probably not. I'm like, then why the f*** are you doing it? You know, it's like, so the, and the grill marks are kind of in that world for us. It's just like, especially in the Instagrammable world of food where it's like, you know, people don't even care about like, hey, what might that taste like? They're just like, oh, 
look at those grill marks. Yeah. And it's just like, I think this is a really dumb. important point for our audience too, because I do think that home cooks tend to look, I mean, even food blogs, you know, I was food blogging a thousand years ago and it became this photo driven medium. And I think home cooks who feel unsure, who aren't quite as confident, look to all of these gorgeous visuals to get a sense of whether or not they're doing it right or wrong, instead of just relying on their sense of taste and the sense of smell, which is how you kind of figure your way through cooking. Yeah, and don't and think about Instagram. Think about what it, the food looks like at great restaurants, you know, yeah. because people are trying to create food that gets likes, not create food that people are going to like to eat. And we go through this all the time when we tell people grill marks are for posers on social and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys are crazy. It's like, go to Wolfgang's in New York City and tell me where the grill marks are on their porterhouse. Also, can we talk about how it goes again? It's like what we know, what great home cooks know even, not like food professionals. The things about like getting even browning, getting a good crust on proteins when you're cooking them. Like we know that because we've eaten it at home or we've experienced it in restaurants. So it's really weird how like the Instagram food, food media, it like it almost opposes that. It's like telling you that you're doing it wrong, even though you know that you're doing it right. So yeah. yeah, how can we start a, cam- a marketing campaign that's like F grill marks? We already have. Yeah, we, we put it in all of our posts. We, we, we do it all the know, time. We just yeah. grill marks are for posers. Yes. And it's quite controversial. Some people are like, no, dude, it's actually great. I'm like, here's why you're an idiot. <laughs> Hold my beer. Building relationships across America. Alienating yeah. Yeah. potential fans. <laughs> Alienating one how person you build at a time. Community. Right. That's right. That's right. That's how you build it. Okay, one last rapid fire question. People want to know, and actually we just ran into this on set, how to get burgers that are thinner, that don't like puff up when you cook in them and aren't tough in the middle. Can you do like a smash burger Easy. on the grill? Smash it, smash it. Yeah. Smash it. So smash burgers that are high in fat fry fry in their own and juices. So they don't even and have they're, time they're to faster. Yeah. Faye and I have always been guys who will take go to a smash burger place and get like a double or triple as opposed to going to like a tavern style burger with a half pound burger. But if you're going to go to like, yeah, for us, it's like apple pan and, and pie, uh, pie and burger, like all those places. But if you are going to go bigger, I mean, we usually just, again, it's, you just push down in the middle and you, if you're going to do like a third a pound, a half pound burger, we push down in the middle enough that it's half of the diameter of the outside. So um, explain, like explain that. Or exactly. A boat like a donut. The other thing exactly. is if you're doing it, we do reverse sear large burgers. We. Because the other thing is high heat makes protein constrict. Yes. Yes. So if you cook the the protein at a lower temperature until the point where a lot of the things that are gonna constrict are gone and then give it a quick sear, you're gonna you're not gonna run into that um that deal where it looks like a partially used bar of soap where it's like way tall in the middle and thin on the edges. No one wants Whoa, that. I squeeze bottle, bro. What are you using, man? What's up? <laughs> What's up, Mark? This is weird. You know, Mark's right. I mean, like 250, 275, you smoke, basically smoke a burger. If it's a half pound burger, take it off, let it rest for a couple minutes and then crank up a cast iron skillet, a little bit of fat in there and sear it. You're gonna get a, a, the you know you're gonna get the best of both worlds. If you like thick burgers, you're gonna get that chew and that bite, and you're also gonna get the crust that you build when you have a smash burger. And then if you want to be really ambitious, make a cheese skirt, man, and then just go to you know that's it, man. Just call the neighbors. But yeah, it's Wait. it's it's fun. 
say what a cheese skirt is for anyone who doesn't yeah. know, because I think we know, and we all want everyone else to A know. cheese skirt is you put an excessive amount of cheese <laughs> on a burger early enough in the cooking process that it's going to completely melt and render down, and then it goes down, it melts down, and it hits the side, and the cheese fries on the flat top in the burger fat. So you end up having this fried, it's almost like fried cheese uh, crunches around the outside of the burger. In just a recent episode, I declared it the summer of crispy cheese. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to cheese skirt everything we can. Yeah. And it's fun to do that with tacos as well. You put yes. a, a handful of cheese down in the cast iron pan, let it melt, and then you push your tortilla into it. And then you've got a cheese-wrapped um, tortilla. And for all you paleo people out there, you can even do the cheese skirt taco without the tortilla. This is how we got started talking about it is because there's all these viral like quesadillas and omelets on TikTok where yeah. people are starting with the cheese first. And we are big fans of cheese. So we are like, yes, let's do that with everything this summer. Well, I'm so happy to hear we can do it on the grill. Well, it's a great way to season your cast iron pan, too. So you're seasoning it at the same time because of the fat content. It's beautiful. Yeah, cheese fat is cheese actually, really, actually really good for your I really pan. cannot think of a better way to end an episode of Didn't I Just Feed You? <laughs> Other than talking about cheese fat. Like, that is <laughs> absolutely perfect. Yeah. Faye, we have to figure out how to do a hot dog with a cheese skirt this summer. No problem. Oh, consider it done. No yeah. problem. Especially because no Stacey's a big fan of hot dogs in Love general. hot dogs. Love hot dogs. And I think you're coming around on hot dogs. I am coming around on hot dogs. If you wrapped it in cheese, yes. Yeah. Are you there. a hot dog hater? I am not a hot dog hater. It's just a weird, like, I only eat them a couple times a year, at, like baseball games, or we grill them out. And st- for Stacey, it's like a staple for her family. Like, they love hot dogs. It's one of her, yes. like, go-to dinners. So she's like, I don't I don't understand. Well, I would we, rather have a sausage than a hot dog. Yeah, but we, we consider above. hot dogs. Hot dogs are just the, the appetizer while you're grilling to get the other, <laughs> other stuff done. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's just our, it's our holding food you know it's you're hanging out you got a miller high life and a, you know a dozen hot dogs you can go all day then you just make the rest but, yeah, of them you know my dad always jokes it's impossible to get full of hot dogs yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like popcorn yeah it's the per he's like it's the perfect barbecue appetizer yeah it's the popcorn of meat you just keep going yeah. you know it's the popcorn and we're gonna wrap it in cheese <laughs> there's another t-shirt it, there hot is the so popcorn many t-shirts i think we need to start a, an apparel line apparently yeah, yes. let's do it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. We can't wait to grill cheesy hot dogs this summer with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Megan, I can see why you love hanging out with these guys. They're so fun. They're so fun and funny. But we had to wrap it up, and there was one burning question that I didn't get to ask. So I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna ask you. Okay, who? And then no you pressure. can ask me. I don't know. You don't have okay. to. Yeah. We'll see. Let's see how it goes. We're just gonna fly by the seat of our pants here. <laughs> All right. Is there anything that you think we shouldn't grill? Ooh, that's a really great question. You know. Personally, I'm not a big fan of grilled fruit always. I think grilled watermelon is one of those things that people – it's kind of like the grill marks thing, right? Like everyone thinks that it should happen, grilled watermelon that is, and then it's actually not that great. I do love grilled peaches though. I love grilled peaches. 
like with ice cream. It's one of my, so I don't yes. want to say universally. I'm just going to go with grilled watermelon. Grilled melon. I don't think we should okay. be trying to make that happen. I what I about have you? been on the nose one too. Okay. All right. Cue up the hate emails. All good people. <laughs> I can handle it. I don't like grilled lettuce. Please stop oh, giving me grilled that's romaine. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't like that. My romaine should be crisp and, and cold. cold. Yes. Um, I think that's fair. I might be with you on that one. I'm not into it. I just don't get it. Please send all of your hate mail to hello <laughs> at didn't I just feed you.com. Yeah, if you guys haven't noticed by now, Megan and I can handle it. <laughs> we love you guys and we want to be in your good graces, but when we have opinions, bring it on. All good. Yeah. No grilled also- watermelon or romaine for us. Yeah, I love those as sides, though, like a romaine salad as a side to some grilled chicken and a platter of watermelon. Bring it. Absolutely. That's part of actually that's part of the problem with grilled romaine is that I'm like, oh, if you hadn't grilled this, I'd be super psyched because crispy romaine lettuce in any kind of salad is beautiful as a side for tons of grilled things. So you yes. just kind of took my side for me, man. You just kind of ruined it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about that. <laughs> is there anything else you can think of that you don't like grilled? I feel like you've grilled nearly everything. You grilled something really interesting last summer. I can't remember. I've definitely done biscuits on the grill. I think you can use your grill f- to bake a lot more than people do. And yeah. especially like a sm- if you have a, a smoker, like a pellet smoker, and you can really dial in the temperature and get like some smoky flavor on a peach cobbler. Mm. So good. Delish. Also, I know Mark and Faye are big fans of grilling donuts, which is like another thing that is just so good. Like Okay, wait, you- like store-bought glaze? Yes. Cut like, in half or something? I don't even think cut they cut down. them in half. They just throw it on the then grill. then you do get like the glaze gets a little oh. caramelized and you do get a little bit of grill mark on there um, and get some crispiness. Like you're, car- yeah, you're kind of caramelizing all the sugar. Couldn't I want cook. that. Do you know that glazed donuts are my number one food in the whole world? That I feel sounds like I did so know that. good. We might have talked about it in like the birthday cake episode where you're yeah. like, I just would honestly ra- rather have a glazed donut. Uh, that's what we did at our wedding. I didn't have wedding cake. Yeah. I had Krispy Kremes. <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds delicious. Which, I totally want to try that. Yeah. Which Krispy Kremes, I would say, is my number one grilled donut. I'm trying to think of any, something I did that was wild. I've grilled rice crispy treats. That's what it was. That's totally yeah. what it was. Yeah. And that, I I've been doing that for like. Five years before we even lived in Boise, I was grilling Rice Krispie treats. And you can do it with store-bought or homemade, and it's so, so yum. I also think you could stick – like, you know, the thing about the grill is, like, you can use it as a warmer. So let's say you make chocolate chip cookies earlier in the week and you want to make, like – ooey gooey ice cream sandwiches when you have people over like stick your chocolate chip cookies on the grill to warm them up a little bit and then make ice cream sandwiches with them what else there's so much fun stuff to grill i love the idea of like whole grilled cabbage or smoked cabbage which mark and Faye do a lot i said cabbage and i totally meant cauliflower I love both, actually. I know you meant cauliflower, but I like yes. grilled cabbage, too. Different than romaine, FYI. So I'm here for that. Yeah. I want to hear from, you know what, our listeners. I want to know, like, did we answer all your burning questions? 
I have a secret plan that I don't know I can actually deliver on. So I'm just going to say that part. How awesome would it be to get uh, Mark and Faye to like come into our community with us, even just for like 15 minutes, or we yes. could compile any additional questions and get them answered? Because, you know, we like we like know them now. Well, that's how I feel. You've known them for a while. Yeah. And they're also, besides being so much fun, I feel like they're so knowledgeable and they're also generous with that knowledge. So like, let's ask them. Let's get a conversation yes. going let's in our it. listeners community about your grill questions. Yeah. Whatever sure we can answer, more. creative things that you've done, like let's get the grilling juices flowing, so to speak. So you guys, you know what I'm going to say? That means you have to find us as at didn't I just feed you on all social and visit our new site there you're going to find information about where our community is we're in the process of moving it over wherever it is you can always find us you can always find our community we will always let you in provided you know the password (laughs) and we're going to get Mark and Faye to talk to us so don't miss out And of course, make sure you're also subscribed to our newsletter to get an exclusive recipe in our pick of the week every single week. You can subscribe at didn'tijustfeedyou.com or follow the link in our Instagram bio. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode, like right now, right where you're listening. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Mom, I'm hungry. Give me food right now.